Access more. In a world that's constantly shouting for you to know your voice, identify your voice, and let your voice be heard, the question I'm asking today is, what if your voice sounds different? Get ready, friends, because we're going there. It's about time, because we're going there. Hey, friends, I am your host, Bianca Wettis Oltoff, and I'm saying welcome to We're Going There. Today, before we jump into the interview, I just have to say that I met Doe at a conference a couple months ago, and I've always admired her music from afar. But getting to know her, she is an amazing woman of God who is just so honest and real. I mean, she hails from the great state of Washington. Shout out to Yakima, Washington. If you know Yakima, then you're a G, all right? Uh, she was raised in Yakima, Washington, and then moved around her teens to Shreveport, Louisiana. And there she started singing with her family, who is all talented, amazing musicians, as, of course, God would dole out amazing worship gifts to one whole family. Uh, but Doe decided to branch out and do a solo career. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about how she started, who she is. But most importantly, one of the things that I wanted to go after was the unique quality of her voice, her unique style of singing, how she's taken neo-soul and weaved it ever so beautifully into worship and I want to know not just about the person that she is, the music that she creates, but what kind of inspired her to do that. And in her identifying her unique voice, my heart, my hope is that you can identify your unique voice and use it when God asks you to. I hope you enjoy the interview. Doe Jones, I am so excited that you get to be on We're Going There. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to finally have made it. Okay, and here's the fun part. Where I mean, inquiring minds want to know, and we're going to give them, the tea is not only hot, it's piping hot. You're actually, where are you right now? You are at a, a writer's workshop? Yeah, I'm at kind of like a writer's camp. Look at you. Look at you. And you <laughs> stepped out of that to be on the show. Everyone listening has be better go and like thank her in the comments, follow her. We'll give information at the end. But though, um, I know the first time that I heard you, I was so moved by mm. uh, the anointing that's on your life and the voice that is within you. But before we go mm. into all that stuff, I want to give people a little glimpse of uh, getting to know you a little bit more. Are you familiar with the game, this or that? Like I give you two yes, items I and then it. you get to pick. This, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I love it. <laughs> I'm an avid Peloton writer and I saw Lizzo do a class with one of my favorite instructors and they did this or that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this or that with dough on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Are you ready for some this and that? Yeah. Okay. Yoga pants and chill night at home or full beat face and serving a look? Yoga pants and full night at home. <laughs> Tacos or pizza? Tacos, authentic. Yes. Um, do you prefer an acoustic band worship set or a full band with choir? Full band with choir. Ooh. Uh, beach or mountains? Mountains. Flying in a plane or riding in a boat? Uh, a nice, nice, nice boat. Uh, like, let's be bougie because I'm not paying for it. A yacht. <laughs> yeah. I think at this point, uh, yeah, I'm kind of tired of playing. Seriously, seriously. A yeah. dog or cat? Dog. Workout, last one, last one. Workout or take a nap? Okay. My spirit man says workout, <laughs> but my flesh is saying take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to say both. You're going to work out and then yeah. take a nap. <laughs> 
I'm at war with myself. <laughs> well, I, I love that we get to spend some time with you. I want to honor your time. I want you to get back to the creative writing process because what you are producing in this season is ministering to so many people. Now, for those that Thank are you. not familiar with you or your journey, they might be familiar with your music. I want to kind of peel back the later. You're not just a worship leader. You're not just mm. a, a, a writer. You're not just a creative. You're so much more than that. And so I feel like for us to have an appreciation where people are today, it's so important that we go back and we kind of take a look at like who God had created them to be from like the very, very beginning. And so as we dive into some of your passions, when did you start in music and when did you realize like, oh, I'm, I'm good at this. I like this. You know, I grew up around it. Both sides of my family were musical. My mom's side, they sang together. Then my mom married into my dad's family and they sang together and had a group called the Gospel Express that they later called the Jones family. And we've got CDs and we just grew up all around it. Christmas for us was food, but it was music and it was like jam sessions. So music was just kind of in me and around me. (laughs) That reminded me of Sarah Jake's message. It was in me. And then it came through me. I heard that message. Yes. But yeah, so I I do remember being maybe 12 and I kind of realized, oh yeah, this is something I have a passion for. Of course, I wasn't able to articulate it like that. Like I have a passion for this. Yeah. I just could feel the burning at 12 years old or 12. I love that. Okay. So what age did you start in your family group? Um, So we started the family group and put a name to it in 2009, I think. 2009, yeah. And you're how old? Jeez. I'm 34 now and still not good at math as long as I've been alive. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I love it. I love it. (laughs) And, you know, I think that sometimes uh, gifting is, like, for a specific person, but, like, music is in your genes. It is. A little birdie told me that you have worshipers on both sides of your family. Yes, I do. I have... um, so I don't know if you know the song. We lift our hands in the sanctuary. Do I know that song? Right? Yes, it's part of my Jesus Jams playlist that I listen to on Sundays. Yeah. So the the woman singing on that song, any of you that Williams, that's my mom, baby sister. She sings another song called "For Every Mountain." That's that's the one that she's really known for. It's so powerful. And then, um, yeah. So they all. I have trumpet players, and my my aunt Bunny, who since passed, she played the organs. My mom's sister and. So we just grew up with that. And then on my dad's side, everybody could sing and play as well. My aunt played mm. the bass. Every one of my uncles, except for one, played the keys. One of them had perfect pitch and just made sure that we were always, always on key, always <laughs> on point. <laughs> and he taught us a lot of what we know today. So pretty special. So let's talk about cultivating, like as your parents, since you do come from musical parents and the entire family worship together, like music together. Like what was the cultivation of like that for you as a kid? Was it something that just came natural to you? Did your parents cultivate it? My dad really pushed all of us kids to learn our instruments. And then from the time of, you know, when we were young, my dad every morning at nine during the summer would make us get up and pray with him. And praying was not just like sitting in a room without music praying was like everybody's going to get on their instruments and we're all going to play before the Lord and sing. So even like our first album, a lot of those songs were written in our prayer time together as a family, you know? And so it's just pretty special. I mean, that that's what really started cultivating. And honestly, I think that's where we learn 
that even when writing for God, like there are no rules or restrictions on creativity. Just go for it. Yeah. Just go for it. So I really feel like those were very formative years. And then I, when we moved to to Shreveport, Louisiana, I had the room to work with young youth band and cultivate even my leadership skills and learning how to bring sounds and people together and have them do this part and that part. And just a lot of fun. I love Um, that. Now you moved to Shreveport, but I feel like we have to hold it down for Washington because very few people know about Yakima. Girl, you from Yakima, Washington. I'm from Yakima, Washington, girl. Don't forget, I mean, we got to represent the West Coast, honey, because, yes, you live in the South and now you live in Nashville, but don't forget about the best coast. <laughs> Listen, you sound like my family over there. They're like, don't you forget you was born here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to forget Yakima, and they holding it down there, too. I still got family up there. But, you know, Yakima is beautiful. It is. Like, it is. The Pacific Northwest is, like, gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So your family makes a transition over to Shreveport, Louisiana, and you continue music, but then you also step into ministry. So again, so many people might know you just for your music, but you are, you have a pastoral heart. You are prophetic. Mm. Um, I feel like very few people are the fivefold ministry gifts, but girl, I think you are evangelist, prophet, <laughs> preacher, so teacher, pastor. Um, I mean, you're, you're doing the most for the glory of God. Hallelujah. But you moved down to Shreveport and you start serving in youth ministry. No, was it serving in youth ministry and then it was youth minister or how did that happen? Yeah. So I was, I was, what do you call interim youth pastor that ended up being there for a year. Okay. Of course, I, because of the nature of my church, they would have made room for me for a long time, but I just knew it was time for me to move forward. But yeah, I, so when I graduated, my pastor asked me to come back and just kind of mentor kids in their, for their worship leadership class. So I did that for about maybe six years and there were like on and off moments in between, probably more than that, actually, now that I think about it. But then, uh, and then I was always, you know, kind of involved in youth church and in any way that I could be. And um, yeah. And then I just remember him asking me, can you take the youth? I love it. I love it. Okay. So in this season of obeying God, because there's this theme in your life and it hails from your parents. If they're moving their entire family from the Pacific Northwest down to Shreveport, Louisiana, obedience to God is something that is a value that is not only like hereditary, but it's very spiritual. You see it. You're listening to God. You're moving to where he calls you to do. Uh, So going from like a group, like the family group of worship, and then stepping into youth ministry, at what point did you realize that God was calling you to solo and to step out? And were they synonymous? Did you say, I'm going to step down from ministry and pursue this? Or was it happening simultaneously? Take us on that journey. I think for me, I always knew I was going to go solo at some point. The timing was the thing for me. And I felt a deep sense of obligation to my family. They didn't put that on me, but it just was, it just is what it is when you guys love each other a lot. You know, I thought our run was going to be longer together as well, but our run wasn't as long as even we thought it was going to be as a family band. So probably in 2008, I realized that this tug of war in my spirit was um, not frustration with where I was um, in the ministry, but it was a sign that the grace had lifted for that season and that it was time for me to step out. And that's when I made that decision. I made that decision in 2018. 
Okay, so there's somebody out there that's listening to this phrase, the grace is lifted, and somebody out there that is in a season questioning whether or not they should move on or just grow roots. When you say the grace is lifted, make it plain. Like, what did that look like in your life? And for somebody out there that's yeah. maybe not heard this expression uh, and feel like this yeah. could be like a key or something to hold on to in this season, what, what do you mean yeah. by that? Yeah, I mean, God gives people a grace to lead in every capacity they're called to. I think about even, this is not the best example because he ended up being not so great of a person, but in the beginning when Saul was chosen to become king, even the Bible says that as he as he went away, God began to change his heart. And I can't remember if it was when he when he left meeting with Samuel or if it was when he left that ceremony where they kind of called him out in front of everybody. But there was this point in which he, God began the process in his heart, but it was a work of the Lord. It was a work of the Spirit. It was God giving him the capacity and gracing him to be a king. Obviously, you know, his choices and his disobedience got in the way. But what's so crazy about that is that it wasn't even God's perfect plan for Israel to choose a king, but God still graced the person that they chose to do it, to be, gave him everything he needed to do what he needed to do the right way. And so, you know, that's where the trusting and leniency part comes in is like, when we're called to something, you know, we have to know that there's a grace for that. And, but, but it's a grace for that season. And when that season is up and it's time to transition into something else, sometimes we can, start to feel like um, this unsettledness. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel settled here. I don't feel like I fit here anymore. And I'm very careful with this because sometimes these words can mask offense in churches and they're like, mm. and they're really offended and they're trying to find a reason to leave. But I'm speaking to the person who you're feeling, you don't realize what you're actually feeling is transition in your heart before it is manifested outwardly. And oftentimes you can feel that transition for over a year before you even actually see it. But you just know something different needs to happen. I would encourage you to lean into that because God might be giving you a new capacity for a new season and the grace for that season might have lifted. And for me, I thought, you know, you know, I would have these moments where I would get frustrated with people and, you know, never allowing offense to get in my heart. But it was just like, I don't, I'm, this is not, I don't fit in this role anymore. And I think that God's calling me to do what's in my heart. I could also feel this tug toward really actually jumping off because I wanted to just stay there and Shreveport and maybe pursue my dreams. But I needed to leave and jump off the cliff and go for it and, you know, and find out that I had wings built into my, you know, <laughs> spiritual bodysuit that were, you know what I mean, that were prepared for this moment so that I could fly. But I, I would have never known until I, you know, jumped off and did it. And so I hope I'm explaining this well to someone. You might, you might feel like just a little hint of agitation that you cannot put your finger on. You can't pray it away. And I want you to lean into it and say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me? And be okay. And here's the funny thing. When I finally sat and talked to my pastor about it, his response was, we've all been waiting on you. And I think oftentimes we stay because we think that 
Uh, nobody can fill the hole that we filled. And what you don't, you're forgetting that God gave you the capacity to fill that hole. So like you, it wasn't all you anyway. And if he's moving on to someone else and saying, come on, I got some other things to show you. I got some other things I want to do through you. You're going to be so uncomfortable. And you're, what you need to realize is that you're staying out of obligation and not obedience. So you got to ask yourself, like, what am I doing out of obligation and not out of obedience? And just ask the Lord to set you free from that so you can move into whatever it is that he's calling you into. I know I'm going on a rabbit trail, but I, I want to encourage somebody today. Yes, no, I'm, girl, the microphone is yours. Absolutely. Okay, so then obedience for you, you thought you had said, like, I thought it was going to be in Shreveport, but then it wasn't in Shreveport. The Lord moved you to yeah. Dallas, correct? Yeah, yeah. So then yeah. what was, um, did you sprout the wings and then were you, what took you to Dallas? Like, what took you there and what signs of confirmation were exactly. that you were supposed to be there? This whole story is so juicy because you're talking to someone who grew up in a prophet's home and I had a thus saith the Lord word on just about every decision that I made. So I had to learn that there are some decisions that we make because we don't have a burning bush in our room where God's like, I want you to go here and go, you know what I mean? Um, I I was so afraid of missing God's will that I, I wanted him to tell me exactly where I was supposed to land. And he didn't do that for me. <laughs> he didn't do that for me. And I wanted it so bad because I grew up with that. I thought that was the only way to make decisions. But if God says that, if you delight yourself in the Lord, that he will give you the desires of your, of your heart. Yes, ma'am. But there's a key word in there. It's like the desires of your heart. And what we have to realize is that God has, and this is also something you have to be careful with. God has sometimes encased his will within the desires of your heart. And he is waiting for you to look within yourself. And he's waiting for you to say, what do I want to do? What do I feel like? I want to do and just know that he's with you. Like literally just knowing that he's with you. And so I picked Dallas cause I was like, it's a great travel hub and, uh, and I'm going to go there and I'm going to get an apartment. And I left a, a, a paying job to go and I had three college degrees and they said, wait, 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 time out here. Time out. Yeah, come at me with your three college degrees, educated well, African-American like, woman with soul who could sing in mm-hmm. three degrees. Wait, the wait, reason why I'm nosy, what are they in? General studies, music business, and creative writing, a master's in creative that's, writing. I have a that is right. Yes, with your three degrees. Okay, so with three <laughs> degrees, you go to Dallas, and what do you do? Yeah, so the but the reason why that's important to this story is because I didn't I didn't want to use those degrees to get a job. Yeah. I never want to ask yeah. permission to leave town again. So I, with all of that, I went and I got my Uber license. And I was like, if this plan doesn't work, I'm just going to drive to pay the bills. I'm going to work and do what I need to do. And what's crazy is like, literally, like, I don't know. I mean, it was just like I would, I, a pastor here would hear about me and would invite me out. And I, you know, I built my own website. I built all the things that I knew God was going to bless. I knew he was going to breathe on it. I just started setting it up. And I, you know, just started getting emails. I, I would put posts out there and say for booking, you know, on, on um, Instagram. And God just did it. And do you know that I have never, probably up until like very recently, in the last couple of months, because I just signed a deal with a booking agency and they, they, um, it just helps you 
break into other areas. It's really cool. But up until the last few months, I have never, ever called and asked to come to anyone's church. Mm. Ever. Not one time have I said, hey, I'm going to be in the area. Can I? And I don't frown upon that. But I think that God yep. knew that he needed to prove this to me. Yeah. Like, hey. You're not going to get out there and ruin your life. Like your heart is, you delight in me. You delight in me. And I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. You know, there's a, there's a moment in scripture where God says to Israel, every place where you set your foot, I will, I will give you and I will be with you. And I heard, you know, Pastor Robert Madu was preaching on this passage and he said, there are so many things that we're still praying about that we're called to step into. Mm. We should be stepping into it, yeah. stepping out. And, um, and I was like, it's so, it's such a real thing. And we can think that this fear of missing God is righteous, but at its root, it's fear. Mm. And it's hindering us from really experiencing all that God has for us because we're so afraid of missing him. And he's like, no, you delight in me. Like he's, I mean, he's the master course corrector. He knows how to get a hold of you to make sure you know, like, hey, that's not the right track. I also learned that like, you know, God can't correct a target that's not mo- in, in motion, you know? Mm. And so sometimes it takes you taking a few steps for him to, then then he can guide your steps because you're actually taking them, you know? <laughs> so I believe in the prophetic and I'm so thankful for it, but there was some balance that had to come to my life. So when you ask me about confirmation, my confirmation was, I feel in my heart that I, I want to go to Dallas. And God had a plan in place for me. He was waiting for me there. He knew what I was going to choose. So this is the beautiful thing that I'm, I mean, maybe it's the preacher or me, but I got three points here. You obeyed God. You heard the voice of God. You, so you listened, yeah. you obeyed. And then mm-hmm. you didn't wait for, you know, manna to fall from heaven. You got your Uber license. You, you went to work. And then the third thing that I heard is that God was the one that opened the doors. And I subscribe to that model because where God, where God guides, he provides. And if he took That's you right. to Dallas, you didn't have to put your name out there and say, hey, I'll come here. I'll do this. I'll do that. No, no, no. God was the one that opened the doors. And I think that's an incredibly important point for people to hold on to is like, Mm -hmm. we obey the voice of God. It's going to require work, but he's the one that's going to open up the doors for you to be where you're going to be. And so this is where I want to kind of flip the interview a little bit. When I think of how you write and how you worship, uh, there's so Mm -hmm. many unique voices in the body of Christ, but they don't sound like you. You have mm-hmm. a very unique voice. And so I think I would love for you to speak to, for somebody out there, and this is not just within the realm of worship or singing, but somebody out there whose voice feels mm-hmm. like a little bit different, mm-hmm. that they're not writing like other people, they're not speaking like other people, they're not thinking like other people. Did you ever feel like your voice was different I'm not saying you have to. I was just wondering, did you ever feel like your voice was different or that people maybe didn't know how to sing with you? And then what did you do in realizing that your voice stood out differently than other people's? Um, I think that that's something that I'm actually learning right now because I spent a lot of time mimicking everybody I could mimic um, that I love. And not in a bad way, like not trying to be like them, but trying to learn every texture that I could every run that I could, every different way of um, communicating through a note, and then also searching my heart and feeling my heart and feeling the Holy Spirit sway me towards a note and 
I think trying things on stage and under pressure causes you to learn fat or grow faster when you when you yes. go under pressure. And so I think I'm just at this point realizing that it is very different. I think the industry probably didn't always know what to do with me. I think the cool thing was, is I was talking to a few different labels about what I wanted to do. Jonathan McReynolds understood what it was like to have a different voice and a different sound and feel like you're blazing your own trail. And he has always had a heart to come alongside other artists that feel that same way and are the same way and make them feel just a little bit more supportive than he felt, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think I have a, a pretty great setup and I was never just, oh, you know what? I, there's discouragement sometimes where you feel like people don't understand you, but you're just the best at being you. So if you change that, like you're going to do a horrible job of trying to sound like somebody else. So it's like either you be you and just work through it or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're a knockoff version of somebody else. And so I, I don't have the energy for all of that. That's a yes. lot of work. <laughs> and we don't want you to be a knockoff version of anything. Don't be a Gucci when you're a Gucci, honey. Okay. So I want to talk about as you, as you are actually in the throes of the creative process. And I mean, I, I keep on going back to, you have a very distinct voice when somebody is out there, whether it's in singing, whether it's in finance and business, creative strategy, writing, and they feel like, where do I go? Because my, my voice is so different. And voice is not just for music. I'm going to emphasize that again. What does your creative process look like? And for someone out there that just maybe needs a flow or to feel inspired, what has that journey been on for you as you're currently in it right now? Yeah, to write and to express. Yeah. The newest thing that I've learned about expression is when you are in this process of creative expression, that might even be you in your garden. That could be you anywhere you're tapping into a side of God's character that he put and imprinted on to all of us. And I heard someone say, you know, when God created the heavens and the earth, he could have just blinked his eye or snapped his finger and everything would have just been and existed. But he decided to treat it like a blank canvas and do this thing or it's like, let there be light. Oh, the water separated the land from the, you know what I mean? This whole like, this let me throw this shade the base shade down okay let me add this texture right here and then he created beings that could procreate i mean it's just this whole thing and i realized how spiritual the process of creating actually was and how you're cre- you're connecting to this side of god that he put in there that he loves watching so i put myself in situations that keep the spout flowing that might be me painting with scripture on or with Corinne Bailey Ray or Nora Jones on painting an ugly picture because, you know, my paints look like daycare paints. It's okay. <laughs> but I do it, you know, I do it because I need that. I need the, the creator the, in me to feel safe, to be all that it's called, to reach its full potential. You know what I mean? And so I think that's where I'm at right now. There's like no rules. You know, every verse doesn't have to have the same melody as the last verse because there's somebody out there that only speaks the language that you speak and can only understand the gospel the way that you communicate it through your story, through your expression, through your experiences. And uh, and they're going to understand it because you're uniquely you and you express through your own, your own mouth and your own, you know what I mean? This yeah. is my story and... And the way that you form your mouth around certain words, 
that's my process. It's different every time. It's never going to be the same thing every time either. And some people are wired like they have to have a certain thing in the room with them or they have to, you know, but I just want to see what all I could get out of me Mm. in this lifetime. I love that. I love that. So I just throw myself into situations that might make me uncomfortable, but I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was in there. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So in the creative process, in your unique voice, in your journey from like being in a group to identifying a unique solo calling all your life to stepping out and using the proverbial wings that the Lord is taking you to get you to Dallas and eventually Nashville and connect with Jonathan McReynolds and Israel Houghton and uh, Pastor Mike Todd and Pastor Rich and Dontree Wilkerson. I mean, the Lord's hand of favors on you. And so all these things in life feel really beautiful. You're writing, you're creative, your yeah. hair's amazing. That mint seafoam green dress that you posted about some award show that you were at, I mean, girl, you looked oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. And can we say this on the podcast? Your derriere, I mean, high and lifted up to the glory of God. That's just, that's the Lord right there, right? So you have all these amazing things going on in your life. You are a 34-year-old entrepreneur, uh, creative artist, and you are in a world that's saturated with a lot of men. And you yourself Mm -hmm. are, well, I mean, I'm being nosy. Are you single? Are you dating anybody? I'm dating. But I'm what? single till married, actually. That's what I believe people should say that. But I, I, my heart is taken. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're married? No, I said dating. Dating. Oh, oh, I, oh, wait. No, you know what that was? I, I heard the Lord tell me. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm over here prophesying. I said single till married. I, I always say single till married. Oh, but oh. my heart is, yeah, my heart is taken. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Wait a minute. Okay, wait, wait. I creep you pretty hard on, on the gram. Have you posted yeah. that before? No, because I kind of grew up where uh, my dating relationships were everybody else's conversation and yep. it was like open and people would say stuff to yep. me. So like me posting it is like me giving them and saying, hey, what do you think about this? So smart. And I don't care what so they smart. think. So smart. So smart. Okay, wait. Now, now I'm just nosy. How long have you been dating? Um, Since like February. <gasps> I'm so happy for you. I am so happy for you. Congratulations. That is amazing. Amazing, amazing. Okay. So, well, I mean, that changed my line of question, but I mean, let's just Dang. do a little praise right now for Jesus coming through. If you were about <laughs> to ask me about being single, I've been single for 33 years. I, I was you. about to say, when I was doing my research and just like stalking you, I was like, dude, I don't, I yes. don't think she's, yeah. Anyway. I, I, let's I, talk I, about it. No, I like that question. Okay. So I do want to wrap this up shortly, but so now, I mean, we have a great transition point because we're talking about you as a solo artist. Now you were a solo individual. Now you are dating somebody. How is that process with you being on the road? You being so creative? Are are you guys similar? Are you guys different? I don't worry. I'm not going to ask you who it is. I mean, I might DM you later, but. (laughs) Yeah, we're good. I mean, we're, we're quite similar. He's very creative too. And and just a great guy, but different in, in the areas where um, we're able to challenge each other. And, you know, it's cool. It's new. But I will say this. There, there is a lot to say about he, he doesn't he's not there with me in these meetings with these men. He's he lives somewhere else. So I got to walk in there by myself. And so there's something to say about that. And so power to my women out there holding it down, <laughs> uh, building their business. You know, <laughs> I did a lot of singles breakout sessions. So I, I just 
power to y'all. <laughs> okay. So for somebody out there that isn't a season of singleness and mm-hmm. like you, you know, haven't yeah. been with somebody in 33 years and that's feeling a little hopeless. What was your journey yeah. like and um, yeah. what changed? I, I have to tell you this, that I, there was a, a portion of me that, because I don't date just to date, I date, I want to get married. And I'm not saying I'm going to marry this guy or anything like that. Girl, I already prophesied. But the Lord told me. No, just kidding. I <laughs> told you, yeah. Well, so the thing is, is though, there was this part of me that kind of mourned my singleness when I realized, oh, this is a really great guy and I'm going to, we're going to be in a relationship, which told me, hey, you did a great job with that last season of your life. And I think that I want single people to know that you are just as valuable to the kingdom as a single person as you would be if you were married. And I think oftentimes we feel a greater sense of validation when we do get married and do find someone. But I think that you find peace and and don't get me wrong. There's like ebbs and flows of feeling like, okay, when is this going to happen for me? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with you because you're single and I think that you need to make peace with where you are and, and, you know, pray your prayer and trust in God, but don't live your life based on, on those hopes. Live in the, live in the season that you're in. Like that was one of the things that I did. You know, I, I fought tooth and nail against that kind of rhetoric that was just like, you know, when you get married, you're going to be a real minister. No, I'm a woman of God right now. <laughs> My covering is Jesus Christ. I can minister in co-ed rooms to men and women, and and God can minister through me to them. Uh, I can. I'm not going to wait till a guy comes to get financially stable. I can be the breadwinner in my own life. I'm. You know, I'm not going to wait for somebody to come and rescue me, or I'm not going to wait for broad shoulders to lean on so I can finally deal with my issues that I my heart issues and get healing. I'm going to become a whole person right now, and the fear is like that you're going to die alone. I think the only people that die alone are mean people who never deal with their issues. And the people who die surrounded are the ones who were givers. And I just decided, like, if I never get married, I'm going to have great relationships. People are going to love me. They're going to miss me when I go because I was a blessing to their life and I gave everything that I had and I loved well. And that's what I encourage people to do. I encourage single women to do that. And I know that you're going to have moments where you feel lonely and you're fighting through, but it does not devalue you. You're still invited to the cookout. You are the cookout. (laughs) (laughs) And you get to be selfish right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? So make sure you're able to look back and say, I did that. When I was single, I did that. Yes. My thoughts, my sentiments. And what a perfect way to wrap up this show. I'm so grateful for not just what you do. I'm grateful for who you are. I'm grateful for what you bring to this world. I'm grateful for the words that you are writing that's changing lives. I'm grateful that you could enter into a room, start strumming a guitar, and the atmosphere changes. I thank you that you are uh, prophetic. You are a young prophetic voice that is making changes. And single or married or in a relationship, you are impacting your your sphere and the globe. So thank you so much for being on the show. We can't wait to hear about what you come up with in this writer's retreat, this writer's workshop. (laughs) And we're praying for you. Lord, go for dough. Give her wisdom. Give her words. In Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't dough absolutely amazing? 
Yes, she is soulful and wise, and I can't wait for you to check out some of her music, especially the music that she is writing the day that we did this interview. But if you want more about Dote, you can check her out on social media, Dote Jones Music on Instagram, as well as her website, dojonesmusic.com. I'm always interested in amazing new artists. And so if you have new artists that you want me to be exposed to, or maybe some new authors and things that you're reading, don't hesitate. Tag me, let me know. Can't wait to share it. And who knows, maybe one of your favorite musicians, artists, writers, creatives, thinkers, chefs will be on the podcast. By the way, if anyone has an in with Stanley Tucci, email podcast at inthenameoflove.org because I want Stanley Tucci on this podcast. Podcast family? Podcast family. Can we make this happen? I'm going to start a trend. Bring Stanley Tucci to We're Going There. All right, friends. Love you. As always, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. And you can subscribe at Access More or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks, friends. We'll connect next week.